Welcome to Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam, a podcast about navigating adolescence without losing our minds. Each week, I guide you around the teenage landmines with practical tips, simple solutions, and words of encouragement. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. Let's get on with the show. Hello, Calm Parents. Welcome back to another episode of Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. If you or your teen experiences days filled with anxiety and overwhelm, this episode is for you. I'm joined by George Kalansis, author of Nowhere to Go, Combat Veteran, Coach, and a Dad. He empowers people to overcome the toughest days of their lives. Outside of coaching and writing, you can find him hiking and eating ice cream with his daughter. Sounds fun. Today, George is going to help us better understand how anxiety works and teach us some ways to get over our overwhelm. Welcome, George. I'm so happy you could join us. Hey, thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun. I'm so glad we could finally do this. I know. So tell us first, you have an incredible story. Tell us a little bit about your story and how you got into helping people with anxiety. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, everything always starts with the story, right? So I have like this weird combination of three main events in my life that kind of got me in, it got me here today. These are the three main ones. And the first one was joining the Marine Corps right before 9-11. And using that to find something greater than myself to serve and to give back. And then spending 10 years in the Marine Corps and being halfway towards retirement and making the choice to leave, which was really hard to do. Like I could have stayed in for retire. I could have retired this year, but I chose to leave because something inside me was pulling me to do something more. Mm -hmm. And then the most recent a few years ago was filing for divorce when I knew it would tear my world apart, actually both of our worlds apart. Um, But I made those decisions which ultimately led me here today. It was a dark, dark road after divorce of finding out who I was as a man, who I was as a father, a leader, a coach, writer, and series of events that kind of almost forced me to take my life, pretty much forced me to take my life. And again, something greater saved my life. I say that it was my daughter, the love for my daughter who saved my life. I got this little project semicolon on my hand and uh, on my wrist. And basically, The love almost took my life, but the love for my daughter and love for myself saved my life. So that brought me here today. And uh, in the process, I started writing and and documenting my journey and people were reaching out to me, asking me, you know, how I, how I got through divorce and got here today. And I started putting bits and pieces together from the Marine Corps and my coaching and here I am today helping others. That's amazing. Tell us a little bit about, so I've, I've read your book. It's poetic, literally, like you're not, you're not selling your ability to write poetry either, are you? So like, I mean, so a Marine who's a poet, who's writing about anxiety. I mean, there's so many pieces that typically don't feel like they fit. So how did you get to where you are right now? How did you come here? Yeah. So Basically, I was challenged to write about my feelings and I was like, no way I can't write about these feelings. Like, why would I want to face what I'm like, don't want to feel anymore? And that was like a, a big light bulb for me. So that's exactly what I did. I wrote my journal. I have like, I don't know, 9,000 journals. We'll say not 9,000, but I got a few journals a over lot. the last few years. And basically all of them are every single feeling that I felt. And I still continue to as a practice. Like I wake up in the morning, I, I meditate and then I write what I feel. 
And it just allows me to get out of my head and into my heart because I can close that loop of staying inside my head all day, like any negative thoughts that come, any anxiety, overwhelm. And what I started to notice was some of the journal pages were longer and then some of them were more deeply profound with what I was feeling. And I was like, wow, there could be something here. So I started writing a little bit of articles. I started posting some poetry. And next thing I know, I had a book. <laughs> I, didn't, I wasn't always a poet. I was a Marine. I was an air traffic controller. I was a security guard. Um, this thing came to me in the middle of finding out who I was as a man, you know? Yeah. So I, I feel like if you can get in touch with your emotions, because I think you're kind of this epitome of what guys are like a guy's guy, right? And if you can get to your emotions, like help us understand how can we do that? Sure. So I'd say... It, if you're in a place where you're in your head so much and you're out of your body, the first step to really feel is to give yourself permission to feel, right? And I know that sounds wonky and crazy, but you have to actually give yourself permission to feel. And you can do that so many different ways. And the first way that I usually allow people to give themselves permissions to feel is by moving their body, right? So if we're in our head, we're stagnant and our body holds a lot of these emotions, it's somatically proven, it's research proven. So I want you to move, right? You could dance, you can do yoga, you can go for a walk, you could run, whatever it is that gets you going, it doesn't matter. And when you begin to move, then you get out of your head and get into your body a little bit more. And then you can either write or voice memo it out or talk to a therapist, whatever. That's how I, I started the process, right? So whenever, I, whenever people are feeling stuck and stagnant, we move their body. And that allows us to kind of get going with the process. Okay, so what if you're um, someone who does not like to express their feelings or not in, all in touch with their feelings or what I hear a lot, their kids, they know their kids are going through something and their kids are not in touch with their feelings at all. So we're, we may get to moving, but how do you get to that next step where you're like, okay, let me look at bad feelings, like bad feelings we've learned to really kind of push down. Mm -hmm. So how do you find it okay to put those out on the pa out on paper or just even express them? Yeah, I think so. What I've learned is emotions come into our life for a reason. They literally have the word, the word motion in it for a reason. So they're messengers of our soul. They're messengers of our life. And usually when we repress the emotions and feelings downside, it, it causes us to even have more of a disconnect from who we are, right? So if we can discover how to slowly associate with what we're feeling, then we can begin to really live an authentic life, regardless of how it feels. What most people get confused about is they'll say like, I am sad, I am angry, I am depressed, and I am, which is fine. It's okay. It's a good start. But what happens is that puts a label on how you feel, and then you tie your feelings to who you are and your self-worth, and then you lose yourself in that process. And so one of the better ways to do it is there is uh, parts of me feels sad, parts of me feels depressed, or parts of me is, right? And that allows us to dissociate between the feelings and who we are, or I am feeling. And then it's, it's really comes down to the language that we use with ourselves, because words are also things. And that's an awareness of where we're at in life. Wow. So I, I think this is really helpful, not just for us, but when our kids are feeling different ways to really using how powerful that language is. Cause we, a lot of times we're like, you're sad. Are you sad? And I agree. Like that all of a sudden becomes 
who you are. It embodies who you are. And when you are something, how do you change that? How do you address it? But if it's something that you're feeling, if it's a piece of you, now you can address that without losing who you are, right? So what are some other tips you can give us on how to, let's say we're, because I know a lot of parents are dealing with their own anxiety. So let's say we're feeling overwhelmed and anxious. What are some more things that we can do to kind of take care of ourselves? Yeah, I mean, my favorite is just taking a breath in the moment. Really, literally, uh, your breath can do wonders. I, I think you have it on your little welcome box. Like, take some I do. Box. It's, so like, literally, like you can use your own body and your own like power of yourself to, to reduce anxiety in life. It's not going to be like the see all be all, but if you're feeling overwhelmed in life and you're feeling frustrated and stuff, like literally take a step back and just close your eyes and take a few deep breaths. If you're dealing with teenagers and kids, right? Like I've had to do this multiple times. My daughter's five, five and a half, you know, kindergarten can be crazy getting her ready for the morning. She goes to a Catholic school. Literally, I have to like take a step back, take a few deep breaths and then come back in instead of like getting frustrated by her not wanting to put up her hair or put on the uniform for the day. Like and what happens is when you can take a deep breath, it really just allows you to drop into your body and reset. And it doesn't matter if it's one breath, two breaths, just close your eyes, take a few deep breaths and you're going to come back to it. Right. So because yeah. the reason why it works is because you're transforming the way that you feel inside by taking a few deep breaths so you can show up to the way that you want to feel on the outside. Um, so this is, it sounds so easy, <laughs> yeah. but yet it's not. So it's kind of like reminding yourself and practicing breathing just when you're calm. So you kind of get used to that, but staying in that place. Cause I think we get, we get triggered a lot, right? For sure. And, ang- and a lot of anxiety, not like a deeply medical dose one, but like a typical overwhelm, typical anxious of what's going on is it's a lack of clarity, a lack of control on how we think our lives need to be or should be. And mm-hmm. so here we are, like we're living our lives here. And then up here, we, we still think that life should be here. So the bigger the gap, the more anxiety and more overwhelm we have. So we can lessen that gap by giving ourselves permission to take a few deep breaths, get a little bit more clear on the situation, a little bit more real in the situation. And that allows us to let go a little bit more. Easier said than done, though. I know. And I want you to dig in a little bit more on that because I think that is, I I like how you're putting that. I think that's such a big piece. It's like, this is where you feel you're at. This is where you feel you should be at, right? How do we close that gap? Because that is where anxiety lives, is right in here. So, how do we kind of, yeah, how do we close that? The gap lessens, I think, the more realistic you are with you in your life and the more realistic you are with your expectations of life, because that's where the gap is continued. So if we have these high pressure, high expectations, which can be fine, like striving for excellence is great, but striving for excellence or striving for more in life and wanting to control the outcome is how you create the anxiety. And right. And so we can never really truly control the outcome, the Bhagavad Gita, like all these things, right. We can do all these amazing things in life, but once we do them, we have to let our attachment to said outcome go. And I know, I know it's not, it doesn't just happen like that, but you have to be honest with yourself, right? I struggled a long time fighting onto things, holding onto things. And all it left me was a depression, a lot of health issues and many other crazy things in life. It doesn't mean that I don't get frustrated and overwhelmed. I do, but I start to use these practices in my life that allow me to come to reality, meditation, breath work, journaling, working out, talking to people, writing, you know. Yeah, I I think that's, that's really important, though. It's not about not having anxiety or not having overwhelm. It's learning how to manage it when you have it. 
Um, and I think this, this disconnect of what we should be, I think the should keeps getting higher and higher and higher with the more we're integrated with people, right? And the more just pressures of what society says we need to be. And we start pushing that onto our kids of what they should be. Should, 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 yeah. right? And that gap becomes bigger and bigger, which is where all that anxiety comes. And I think looking clearly at why that should is there is really important too, right? So like when you were seeing, I've got all this anxiety and I'm putting all this pressure on myself, how did you kind of come to that realization that it's okay not to be here? I had to do a lot of self, self-work. I mean, this didn't just happen overnight. Like if you read my book, you'll see the transformation. I, I worked with a lot of people, therapists, coaches, did a lot of writing. And in the moment I just said, okay, like, if I'm holding on to this story that's causing me a lot of pain, a lot of overwhelm, a lot of frustration, like what is the benefit of holding on? And the benefit was creating this story that I had around an identity of who I was as a man. Mm -hmm. And so when I discovered how to really shatter that identity, then the anxiety and overwhelm started to lessen. Didn't mean it didn't hurt. It was, it was painful. I still think about it sometimes, but in that ability to recognize like, okay, like just because these things are happening, that does not make who you are. And again, you can't control life, then like, who are you really? And so I kept asking myself, what if I stay a little bit more in this uncomfortable feeling every single day mm. and I write about it or I do a voice memo or I talk about it with someone. And next thing I know, I started creating awareness of it because anxiety is part of life. It's a worry. It's okay. We're human, right? Yeah. But it's what you do with that anxiety that ultimately matters. I, I want to call attention to one thing you said, because I think this is so important, is that you sat in that emotion. And I think that's so counter to everything we've been taught is to like brush that emotion aside, ignore that emotion, try to, I mean, even with our kids, we're always trying to be like, it's okay, you don't have to feel that way. It's not that bad, rather than saying, all right, let's, let's sit in what you're feeling. And it's okay to feel that. I think that is so key to working through it is by looking it straight in the eye and recognizing it. Yeah, for sure. It's, it, it's hard. It's not easy, but you know, you create a good support team, you get some mentors in your life and it does get better. Right. And it, it yeah. like, again, it depends on, you know, what is the story that you're telling self surrounding the story? So if we're dealing with kids and we're always anxious around their life and things like that, great. We want to help them thrive in life, but do we want them to be just another statistic in the world where they go to college and do the thing and then do the thing? Or do we want them to thrive to their fullest? Mm -hmm. Right. And where can we meet them in between? Yeah. I think that's so key. Tell us more about your book. Yeah, sure. So <laughs> it, it literally is a combination of essays and poems from my life and the poetry was peppered in there to help the reader connect their heart because I've learned that ultimately, as we're talking, like we really have nowhere to go in life. The same result for all of us is death. And so in my own acceptance of death, I've learned to really peel back the layers of who I was as a man. I'm still figuring that out. Actually, I just returned from uh, a vision quest in Death Valley, but it's ultimately about learning to accept everything you are. So that way you can learn to break free from the identities in the past that really hold you back to tap into your potential. Because without acceptance, you'll never be able to find out who you are underneath the mask you wear. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. Um, so where can we find your book? Yeah, you can find my book. Uh, you can go to my website, theartoftoughtransitions.com or Amazon or any indie bookstore. So if you want to support local bookstores, you can do that. Go to indiebook.com or bookshop.org. I'm on there. You'll find it, whatever you need. 
That is awesome. So any parting words of encouragement for parents with teenagers? I know you're not there yet, but you've got to prepare. I'm not there. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, give yourself permission to also be a kid again, mm. right? Enjoy the life that you have because it's not their fault that they don't understand what's going on in life out there. It's not their fault that they're having a hard time in, in high school. It's not their fault for anything. They're just trying to live a crazy life like all of us. And so give yourself permission to get down on their level and just have a little bit of fun with them and explore life with them. Oh, that's great. And it's so true. Like, let's learn from them because they, they still have that vibrancy. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you, George. I'm so grateful you could join us today. This is awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah. And thank you, parents, for taking time out of your busy day to spend with us. If you want to learn more about how to help your teens thrive, you can grab my top 10 secrets for raising teens at askdrcam.com slash parenting tips. Finally, if you enjoyed this episode and the helpful strategies George shared with us, please take a quick moment to rate and review. This helps other parents like you find the show. I encourage you to share it with a friend as well. Until next time, have a peaceful, positive, calm day. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Make sure to visit my website, www.ask.com drcam.com where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS so you'll never miss a show again. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes and hey, why not share it with a friend too? Be sure to tune in to my next episode. And remember, parenting teens may not be easy, but with my help, it can be a whole lot easier than this.